Welcome to the first episode of the Bonafide Listen with Anil Singh and my co-host. I'm Kevin Garcia. We are excited to bring you the latest news in the professional wrestling world and beyond. All the ins and outs backstage. We, quite frankly, as wrestling fans, you, you, I think you'll agree, we find the backstage happenings just as fascinating, or even not, or even more fascinating than what happens inside the ring at times. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's been the case for me, especially for a good number of years. And uh, why not just depict all that weekly with our podcast? Two different points of views from across the pond, here from the UK and yourself in the States. And uh, yeah, I'm ready to go and have an exciting first show. Yeah, same, man. It's going to be fun. What, so what, what, uh, where, where do you want to start? Okay, so we may as well just start with the WWE Thunderdome news from last night, meaning, you know, just the first impressions of this whole new setup that they had. Um, I think it's fair to say that, you know, the production value is second to none. And, uh, you know, it's never been a problem as such. But, you know, once again, it was um, quite impressive at a first glance. I guess after the first show now, especially after Raw on, on Monday, it'll just be the same old, same old. But initially, very good impression. So what's your thoughts on the whole Thunderdome concept? It definitely adds a feeling of normalization to get the these big shows, Raw and SmackDown particularly, and the pay-per-views out of the Performance Center. I'm surprised it took them this long to come up with the concept, uh, honestly. But I get it, they have to run like 75 shows a week and do all hours of content. So there's only so much they can do in a day while it's trying to bring us entertainment. So you got the, like, it just, you're seeing these big entrances. We had the Fiend's entrance kicking off SmackDown, seeing Jeff Hardy come out doing his entrance with the pyro, and seeing the digital fans. It just, it all felt so normal. You know, and that's something that had really been missing, especially in the months of May and June during the pandemic where there was no planted fans. And it was just like, like they were like, it felt like everything they were doing, everything wrong. It was like they had Sasha and Bailey screaming at empty seats instead of talking into the camera. It was just like, what is going like, what is going on? You know, but uh, I really I really liked it. I just kind of thought it was funny that Vince is like, oh, hey, look at us. We got digital fans, like, look how cool we are. Meanwhile, the NBA and the MLB, they're just doing it. You know, they just they just have the digital fans there. They're not, like, every game, they're not like, oh, look at us, we're so cool, we have people in the stands. Like, that part, I was kind of like, eh, it's typical WWE propaganda, but overall, it, it was, I, I think it's, it's a success so far. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just to wrap that up, it's, uh, it's another thing, like you said, WWE kind of, you know, get on the bandwagon later than other companies that they would compare themselves with or enterprises or conglomerates as such, you know, uh, especially when they have their fans and their own talent used as fans in the PC and now with the virtual fans as well being used. So, yeah, I mean, it's not like they've, um, you know, set the ground, uh, you know, set the ground um, running with this or hit the ground running rather. It's just something that they've uh, tagged along with and they can uh, clearly see the benefit and the positive um you know, positive um, outcome of this. So let's just see where it goes. It's uh, better for visualization anyway, so I'm glad they brought it in. So <clears throat> moving on to the next uh, topic at hand, apparently Shane McMahon could be given the creative reins on Monday Night Raw. What do you make of this, Kevin? It's an interesting story. Yeah, Shane McMahon getting Raw, It's we, we, we see this all the time, whether it's Paul Heyman getting raw, Bruce Pritchard getting raw, uh, Eric, Bisch or Eric Bischoff getting smacked down. We see this all the time, and it's like, how true is are these stories being reported? 
because you got to think about who's reporting them these dirt sheet writers first of all so th- i don't know how fabricated the information is uh, like like w- we don't know what we're seeing it's true it, th- this is not like espn where you're getting concrete facts from from the from the journalists these people aren't professional journalists you know they they get paid for it like they are but they're not professional journalists and at the end of the day Vince is going to have the final say no matter what it doesn't even matter who's in charge of Raw and Smackdown like like you said in the past Shane is going to have great ideas and we saw what he did with Smackdown in 2016 unfortunately that was cut short maybe the best era of Smackdown in 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 its history maybe for the first like 5 or 6 months Shane will have some fresh ideas that Vince green lights but then six months later, Vince will be like, you know what, we got to cut this, you know, we got to stop doing this. Advertisers are getting upset, and it's just the same cycle, rinse and repeat. Yeah, and that's the main reason why hearing this, you know, initially you get that buzz about, oh, there could be a different, you know, viewpoint on things in, uh, you know, in the WWE products on Raw. But then at the same time, you realize, well, ultimately, look, if Vince doesn't like something, he's going to put his foot down. So, you know, it just brings you back down to earth as a fan as well. But, you know, let's just see what happens. It may not even be true. Like you said, it's just a rumor on a dirt sheet. But it's interesting, you know, if this does indeed develop into something over the next coming weeks. So talking of Shane McMahon and a show that he was highly successful with, I would say, in 2016 smackdown and the return of talking smack which obviously is one of the uh, you know higher points of wwe television over the last five to six years i'd say and um, you know who could forget the segment including the miz and daniel bryan you know fans out there you know were quite confused when this was initially taken off uh, the air and now it's returning in the uh, saturday morning slot which i'm a bit confused by but nonetheless um, you know, what do you make of this? Do you even care? What's your opinion on it? As far as talking smack goes, like, yeah, no, I, I don't care. It's something that I probably won't watch. The only thing that I'll see is if there's a viral a viral clip that comes out, like if somebody cuts another work shoot promo, then I'll, I'll check it out. But I'm not going to be getting up Saturday mornings to watch Talking Smack. There's just, there's no need for it. Like, it, th- these shows, I find them comical because they're trying to treat professional wrestling like it's real. And you've got with Raw Talk and the pre-show panels, and they're predicting matches. You know, you got Booker T and JBL screaming about matches, and it's it, it's it just comes off just like corny. You know, these the, the whole the whole concept like Talking Smack. People say Talking Smack was great, but realistically, only a couple good things happened. That there was the Danny Bryan Miz promo. Uh, there was the the promo on Shane McMahon. I forgot who it was. Somebody cut a good work. I think it was AJ Styles beat up Shane McMahon or something on Talking Smack, if I remember correctly. Other than that, it's just Renee. It was just Renee Young and Daniel Bryan talking about SmackDown like it's real, and it's just for me, it's it's not really my thing. But if you like it, that that's on you. Good on you. Yeah, um, I think you've you know hit it, and you know you've got there hit got it in a nutshell. There, to be fair, hit all the points you know that I was kind of um, thinking of myself. But you mentioned uh, Renee Young, and that gives us a nice segue into the next topic, which is the fact that she has now. Uh, apparently given a notice to the WWE and um, many are surprised by this many are not but I guess once Dean Ambrose left um, a year or so ago I, I suppose the writing only was a on the of wall time. yeah it was inevitable only a matter of time with Renee Young it, it's unfortunate that this is probably the biggest news story of the week because on a, on a good news day Renee Young leaving would be like a minor scratch but there's just literally nothing to talk about which is which is just kind of sad 
or maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing that the, that the guys and girls are staying in trouble or staying out of trouble, I should say. But <laughs> Renee Young leaving, like I said, we all knew, we all saw it coming. I'm not surprised. You're not surprised. If you're listening to this, you're not there. You're not surprised. Uh, she's going to AEW. That's it. The the report came out. She's going to AEW a lot. At one time, people thought she was going to Fox. People thought she was going to ESPN, but I guess that's not the case. She's going to go work with her husband, and that's nice. It. But I, I've heard the rumors that she left because of nobody checked in on her while she had the coronavirus. I don't know how true that is. Uh, have you heard that? No news to me, but uh, I guess the one thing I'll add is if it was me and my employers were pretty cold in the sense of not bothering when I've got, you know, such a, you know, a horrible, uh, you know, issue going on, then I'd probably be pissed off as well. So I don't blame her in that sense, if that is indeed true. Yeah, I don't necessarily blame her either. It, it just, it, I mean, it, it could appear kind of fickle, but I also understand her point of view at the same time. Like, like, but who, like, who, who would not reach out to her? You know, like, I don't know who she, who was she talking about? Vince McMahon? Like, Vince, Vince is a busy guy. Can't fault him. Triple H. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know who, who is it? Like, I, I know she's got a ton of friends there, so I'm sure her friends were there for her, like Lana or Natalia, whoever her friends are. It just she, well, what did she expect though? Her husband, unfortunately, her husband works for the competition. He's a top star. We've seen the same treatment with AJ Lee when CM Punk left, and it's just the pettiness is not going to stop. Yeah, I mean, when you put it like that, in terms of maybe who was she looking, you know, to reach out to her? And yeah, you're right. I mean, we know we know our boy Vince is going to be busy with Bruce, so obviously, you know, there's no chance of uh, McMahon picking up the phone for that. So, look at the end of the day, yeah, it can be looked at both ways. It can be, um, you know, petty. You could look at it that way, or you know, you can understand her gripe. But that's, of course, if it is indeed true. But uh, with these, um, you know, with, with these segues, it brings us. You said that you know um, WWE uh, superstars being in trouble or out of trouble, as you said. And one person that we do know who has been in trouble, I would say, is Velveteen Dream, and we saw him return to NXT television uh, earlier this week. Now, obviously, look, I don't think we need to go through what's gone on, what the story is here. But the point is, there's been some horrible things reported about, you know, stuff he's apparently done, some, you know, stuff's come out of the woodwork. And at the moment, you know, it's not been, it's not been, you know, cleared, you know, to say that he hasn't done it. There's not been anything, you know, proven. So, you know, fans are rightfully uncomfortable, I would say. I don't blame them. So where are you with this, Kevin? Hey, first thing that went in my head was, this is uncomfortable. As soon as I saw Velveteen Dream make his entrance... Uh, for, at NXT two weeks ago, I was like, "Wow, this is just weird, man." This guy, like, I, I, I get it. Triple H, Triple H did come out to say that that the investigation led to nothing, but there's still people that are tweeting like, "Hey, look, this happened. I have proof." But we don't really know. We don't know. We haven't heard any police reports, so we don't. There's, it's all just rumors, unfortunately. But when somebody is accused of something of that nature that he's acute that Velveteen Dream was accused of or Patrick Clark, I, sh- I should say, was accused of. It's really hard for me to turn the other cheek and just kind of accept him again with open arms without a formal police report or a formal some formal conclusion on an investigation. Triple H saying in an interview that everything was clean, no, nothing came, there was no, he didn't do anything wrong is not necessarily enough for me to believe it. But at the end of the day, WWE is going to do what they're going to do. And it's it's unfortunate. They're gonna make money. 
They're going to continue to use Velveteen Dream. He defeated Finn Balor last week to, or this this week rather, to earn a title shot, to earn a spot in the North American Championship ladder match. They're going all the way with Velveteen Dream, and it's it's just kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was almost like there's uh, no skin off the nose. It was just like, hey, oh, he's just back, and uh, you know, what what are you guys moaning about? Now, with me, um, you know, I'm just I'm just uh, neutral at this stage you know i'm not going to go there and be like oh velveteen's return to television it's amazing and i'm not going to be you know here as you said you know giving a strong opinion on you know why he's um guilty or whatever because i don't know we, we don't know the facts do we so i'm just going to remain neutral i'm going to sit as the, sit on the fence as they say and uh, i'm just going to wait and see what happens but in terms of him being on television yeah it was definitely a shock i'll say that much yeah that that's the weird thing right there bro is that that, that 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 we don't really know. We don't know for sure. Like there's some people that are already taking the stance like W like fuck WWE. They they support pedos, and then there's other people that are like, oh, Velveteen Dream didn't do anything wrong, and I'm on neither really neither one of those camps. Now do do I feel comfortable watching NXT when he's on the screen? No, no, I, I don't. I don't feel comfortable watching it. I probably won't watch the North American title match because I just that's just I just don't want to see that. We got Dynamite on tonight. They're both competing for ratings and whatever whatever you want to call it. I'll be watching Dynamite while Dream is doing that North American title match. I don't plan on talking about that in, in my NXT TakeOver review. I just... There's really... There's no need... There's just no need to bring any glory to, bring any glory to someone like that. Yeah, I mean... Uh... I lost a lot of steam, in my opinion, anyway, prior to, you know, all the allegations coming out. So, like you said, I mean, him returning, it's just one of those things. It's more of a shock than actual, you know, anything around the wrestling side of Velveteen Dream, you know. It's more so a reflection on what people are thinking of the person. So, like I said, it's just one of those things, you know, uh, WWE made their minds up. And uh, I suppose fans can as well by, you know, choosing whether to watch or not. So, you know, it is what it is. the, the, uh, The question I have for you, though, is... Okay. Do, do you think that that Velveteen Dream is going to win the North American title tonight? Hmm. Like, like, do, do you think you WWE know, is going to look at this and be like, "Hey, a lot of people are talking about Velveteen Dream, whether they hate him or they like him or they're defending him." Do you think Triple H is going to be like, "You know what? We should put the belt on back. We should put the belt back on that guy. He's a lot of people are talking about him." Or do you think that? Or what, what do you think? Hmm. Well, you know what? If it was a case that Vince was running NXT a hundred percent. I would probably be expecting it and also not be surprised because, you know, Vince probably may use that to his benefit and, you know, do all that sort of stuff, you know, just for the sake of, you know, always being talked about at the moment, similar to like with the Naomi thing a few weeks ago, you know, um, you know, they were pushing her just because of the campaign on, you know, it was just the way things are in the social media, like they'd like to put that on TV, you know, portray it. So with this, it wouldn't surprise me. I'd like to give Triple H more credit you know, I'd hope that he doesn't go down this route just because I think it wouldn't portray him in the best of lights. So, you know, time will tell. I don't personally think he'll win the title. Is Finn Balor in the match, by the way? This is the thing as well. I can't even actually remember the card off the top of my head. No, I'll have Dream, to double check Dream, it. Uh, no, uh, Dream just defeated Finn Balor, like I just mentioned. Oh, right. Yeah, for the, for the qualification. Right. Well, in that instance... Uh, I don't know, but no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I think he's going to win the match, but uh, you know, I think it would be a bad move by WWE if they did, just because of our sensitivity. I think they should probably stay clear of that just yet. Yeah, you would think. And then another thing too, I know you want to move on, but I got to bring up something else about this topic. So Triple H was on Bill Simmons' podcast 
last okay. this week, two days ago, three days ago, whatever it was. And, and Simmons was kind of was questioning him about like why why doesn't WWE push the envelope? Like why does it why, why don't they have like a cancel culture character or like what they used to do in the Attitude Era where what was what was popping in pop culture, they WWE would then use that in storylines similar to what Triple H did in DX and Stone Cold etc. And he Triple H said that he's he wants to stay clear, or WWE wants to stay clear of all kind of like potential backlash from doing things that is you know for putting things out there that people will look at it be like you know that's kind of in bad taste he literally used similar word uh, phrasing to that and it's just like he's he, he asked that interview the same day that velveteen dream is on nxt and he's saying all these things about wwe trying to be political correct politically correct it, it's just it's just fascinating to me yeah um, well um, that is basically very interesting. So I wouldn't, um, you know, I, I wouldn't um, be surprised if that was almost like a tee up to get us to, you know, be uh, warmed up to the idea of Velveteen winning the title. So who knows? The timing is very interesting, as you said, but we'll have to wait and see. So uh, next on the podcast, what I wanted to discuss with you uh, was <clears throat> out of the three shows this week, which one are you looking forward to the most? I think uh, I know I know which show you're not going to say, <laughs> but in terms of the other two, which one are you looking to pay forward to the most? Well, are you referring to SummerSlam and Dynamite and Takeover? I'm guessing, yeah, that's right, yeah. T- typically, uh, I would say Takeover. In the last like five years or so, since they've been doing SummerSlam takeovers, the Takeover has been the highlight of SummerSlam weekend. But this year's Takeover yeah. doesn't have a lot of juice. Like a- NXT has been vincified, for lack of a better term. It's not like, <laughs> a, like Triple H is not making the decisions there anymore. I'm pretty. I'm. I stand by that. Yeah. And and then SummerSlam, you have Drew and Randy Orton. And, and anytime a show has Randy Orton in the main event, I'm instantly fifty percent less excited than I ever would be, just by the <laughs> fact that Randy Orton's there, and I could care less about him. So. But I guess by default, I would have to say AEW Dynamite, even though there's really nothing going on on AEW this week. I think the Elite are uh, reuniting for a six-man tag, if I remember correctly. I don't have the card in front of me. But it's unfortunate, you know? It's unfortunate. TakeOver used to be the highlight of my weekend. And it's sad sad that NXT is really uh, really falling so hard. Yeah. um, For me, I'd probably have to say SummerSlam, just because... I'm looking forward to the execution of a few matches. Um, Drew, obviously, and uh, Orton. I'm just intrigued to see who they let, you know, win the t- win the title there, or retain, or you know, win the Spo- title. Spoiler in, alert: uh, It's going to be Randy Orton. <laughs> well, that's the thing, you know. I think a lot of fans have been expecting it, probably been on the cards for a while. So, could they switch it up? Who knows? But there's one title I do expect to change, and that is, of course, the um, Fiend beating Braun, or as you so, um, you know. Greatly put it the last night. Uh, the, the big strong. Oh, the big. What was it? The Braun? big. The, the big strong. Oh, the big strong. That's it. Well, you know, um, that was. The big strong. That was, uh, you know, a hell of a uh, comparison. And uh, with the new look, he's not doing himself any favors in those comparisons, is he? So uh, uh, imagine you know. if WWE brought back the, the the Vince McMahon illegitimate son angle. Instead, they did it oh, with God. Big Show. Where, where Big Show is like, you know, uh, oh my God, like like I have an illegitimate son that my wife doesn't know about and then out comes Braun Strowman and he's like dad yeah you know I'm just gonna try and keep those thoughts 
away, you know, because uh, that is just something I do not want to see. So let's just hope they're not going down that angle. But would it surprise you? No. Um, in terms of the, one of the other matches which will bring us on again, another segue is uh, Dominic Mysterio and uh, Seth Rollins. So, um, of course, Dominic Mysterio will be taking on Rollins in a street fight. And in terms of the actual um, news going into this match, I suppose, is that WWE are looking at a name change for Dominic. So we may be seeing him called Prince Mysterio soon. And um, apparently there's some ring gear in the works and a mask as well. So, you know, this may not be a big deal for some. You know, WWE always change people's names. You know, look at Antonio Cesaro to Cesaro. Look at Rusev when he was there. And look at the the worst example of all, Shorty G. I mean, (laughs) what do you, what do you, what do you think of this? Do you think there's a, um, is it a big deal? Is it not? Uh, No, no, to answer your question, I don't think it's a big deal. It it makes sense because Rey Rey Mysterio is Mystery King in English. So why not have his son be Prince Prince Mystery? Or Mystery mm-hmm. Prince, however you want to say it. It makes sense. The only thing that I think is, like, you're kind of telling us that he's not as good as his father, off jump. Like, his dad is the king, and he's just a prince. But at the same time, we see this in, in Europe, you know, that the prince is usually more famous than the king and queen at this point. so Or the queen, I should say, rather. Um, but it, I don't think it's that... It, honestly, it's not that big of a deal. He's still he's still going to be in a match with Seth Rollins, and that's really all that matters. The, the name change doesn't really matter. All I care about is how they execute that match. Yeah, and they've got the perfect uh, in-ring partner there for... Um... You know, Dominic Mysterio. In, in, in regarding, you know, whatever my thoughts are on Rollins's character and the way he's been booked over the last two years, I can't deny that. Obviously, when it comes to you know the um, in-ring um, <clears throat> partnership for that match, you know, he's there with somebody who knows exactly what he's doing, one of the best in the world, and uh, I'm quite confident that that will result in a uh, good outing for Dominic. And um, just very quickly to touch on your, um, you know, when you were saying about automatically it could make it seem as if he's not as good as his father. I guess when it comes to Prince as well, in that in, in that sense, Princes then do eventually, you know, are, they are eventually there to become kings. So maybe WWE looking at it that way. I'm, I don't give him that much credit, but, you know, the, he, he's a prince now. Eventually he could become king, so who knows? Maybe that's a way of looking and, at it. And uh, another thing, too, when I, think of, when I think of Prince, I think of Finn Balor and that name Prince Devitt that he had. And and, yeah. and I just think when I think when I hear that name, I just think I- indie schmuck instantly. And I, I know some of you love Finn Balor, but uh, when I hear Prince anything, I, I think Prince Devitt, which equals Fergal Devitt, which equals Finn Balor, which equals the I- I- indie indie jobber. So I don't know if it's a good if it's a good thing to be associated with Prince. Well, the good thing about it is it's completely subjective. I guess no answer's wrong because it's uh, you know subjective. So you know time will tell. Um, how it's received, if indeed this name change is true. Of course, it's just something else we've heard in the news, uh, but, you know, we'll wait and see what happens. Um, Now, just moving on to a bit of NBA, unless you've got any more to add regarding the wrestling world this week? No, I got nothing, man. Okay, so we are recording this on the Saturday. Now, last night, we watched the Clippers take on the Mavericks in Game 3 of the playoff series, and it looks to me like not only after losing the match, but losing perhaps the best young player in the world, or you know, yeah. the, the guy who's been carrying that team for the past uh, yeah. you know year plus, he looks as if he's now out of the series, and is that now the Mavericks out of this um, series as well with the Lake Clippers? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, Luka Doncic, he twisted his ankle. For those of you who don't know, he hurt his ankle in the game last night against the Clippers. He said that game four is up in the air. He's probably he's probably not going to play, but he's optimistic that he might get a chance to. More than likely, well, yeah, I would say without Luka, they're 100% done. With him, they had maybe a 20% chance of winning the series as it is. But without him, they really have no chance. Yeah, I think it's a very fair comment. You know, anybody who says otherwise really doesn't know the impact that he does have on that team. So, uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate, though, you know, whether they were going to go ahead and lose the series or not, just to have the best players, you know, playing, similar to like what happened with Ben Simmons, you know. Even though people may say they're better, the 76ers are better with Ben Simmons or, you know, with Embiid, you know, playing on their own in the team, you still want the best players that are available in the playoffs. So... <clears throat> Next, um, we've got the third game of the Lakers and the Trailblazers tonight. Uh, series is nicely poised at one apiece, but then we also had another injury to talk about, which is Damian Lillard, who apparently broke a finger, but not in his shooting hand. Is that correct? Correct, yeah. So, you know, with this, um, I'm assuming he's still going to play. Do, do you think they've still got a chance with him playing at, say, 95% or is it 90%? What would you regard his chances at now? With yeah, this, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely they they have they have a better chance at as anybody as it goes as far as as an upset alert. Uh, an injured a semi injured Damian Lillard is still better than about ninety five percent of the players in the NBA, so I would still take yeah. him at eighty percent over just about any other point guard in the league, um, aside from Steph Curry and a couple others. But you know, you got this guy Damian Lillard. He's gonna do what he's gonna do. He's gonna play. He said. He said. There's no doubt he's missing this game. Like they would have. To, he'd have to break a leg, or or like he'd have, he he would he'd have to be in a wheelchair. Bottom line for him not to play. He's gonna play through just damn near anything. So he's got that that lion spirit, but at, still they don't have enough firepower to guard LeBron James and Anthony Davis. It's still gonna be a tough series. I, I don't I don't really see them winning, but with Damian Lillard out there, they have more of a chance than they do without him. Yeah, absolutely, and um, you know, especially if the Lakers go two one up tonight, which is probably the most likely outcome. Then this uh, could be a runaway. You know, I know they lost the first game, but it looks like KD and LeBron did find their stride in that game too. So it will uh, <clears throat> remain to be seen tonight. Now, another series that you and me were talking about prior to the start of the playoffs was the Rockets and the Thunder. Now, that's just because of the perfect story. You know, you've got the Chris Paul history with James Harden. Russell Westbrook used to play for the Thunder. Now he's um, obviously playing with Harden at um, the Rockets. You know, obviously, Russell's missed the first couple of games, but uh, not as close a series as we predicted. You know, I was thinking this could be a seven-game series, but it looks like the Rockets are just, um, you know, running away with it so far. Yeah, that's what it's looking like, man. Chris Paul and the Thunder, they look outmatched. They look like they can't deal with with Robert Covington and PJ Tucker and the other perimeter defenders that the Rockets have, and they don't even want to guard the three point line. They don't look they don't look interested at all in guarding in guarding Covington, Austin Rivers, any of their shooters. So, if you if you're gonna let the Rockets make twenty twenty threes a game, you're not gonna beat them. It's just not, it's just not, that's just impossible to, to combat. Yeah, and uh, you know, obviously Harden's gonna be um, you know ready for this series with all the backstory to it and plus you know i'm assuming he wants to prove people wrong anyway you know people always say flops in the playoffs which uh, you know history tells us he does but you know he's going to be motivated especially with russell out and if russell's back for the second round which i'm assuming he will then they're going to be looking even stronger so you know it's a uh, interesting times for the rockets as well um 
Also, uh, does it look like the Bucks are back on track after losing that game one against Magic? I know they've come back and won game two, but was that yeah, just seeing they're, they're up what? by 30 right now. They're playing the Magic right now as we're recording. They're up by 30 in game three. Right, so that puts that uh, question to bed then, I suppose. So up by 30 in game three. And, uh, yeah, of course, they, Raptors... They look, they, they look like they fixed themselves. Well, whatever was wrong with the Bucks in that first game and in, in, a few of the, in a few of the seeding games in the bubble, they look like they fixed whatever the issue was. So that's, you know, the other guys around Giannis are playing hard and they look locked in defensively. Yeah, and uh, it looks like Raptors, there's uh, no doubt that uh, they're strolling all the way, which was what was expected in the series with the Nets. Uh, Miami and uh, Pacers, is it Miami who are in the lead at the moment with this? Yeah, Miami's up 2 two nothing. Uh, uh, my, I mean, Miami probably won't sweep them, but the Pacers, they have no no answer for Bam Adebayo. He's just, he's, they without Sabonis, there's nobody that can go Miles Turner can't guard Bam Adebayo. He's being he's being exposed. Yeah, and uh, badly at that. Um, I've been watching the highlights just because here in the UK, by the time most of the games happen, it's uh, after midnight, and with work, it's just been a bit difficult to keep up with it. So, um, yeah, highlights wise, though, I did notice that. And um, <clears throat> the other game um, that I wanted to quickly just touch on. Uh, I believe was the uh, Jazz and the Nuggets. So Nuggets started off quite well in this series. I thought, you know, this was probably them as the favourites, but now it looks like the Jazz are, uh, you know, from what I've saw odds wise anyway. Jazz look to be the ones, the stronger team at the moment. Is that yeah, fair to I, say? I, I would, I would quite say the Nuggets started off well. They won the first game in overtime. Donovan Mitchell put up fifty-seven points on them, so I wouldn't quite say they started off well. They escaped with the win, but then games two and games three, they just they looked outmatched. Which is uh, kind of shocking to me because they're a deeper team. They have they have Jokic, who is the best player I think in the series. But Donovan Mitchell has been performing like the best player in the series. But overall, Jokic is is a top ten guy. Uh, it's it's strange. It's been strange to watch it play out. The the Jazz. A lot of people have kind of written them off after they they didn't look too great in the bubble and they got they had their injuries. But they got Mike Conley back in Game Three and Mike Conley looked unbelievable. Yeah, and uh, you know he's always a uh, a player that uh, is capable of having that big game. So uh, you know, no surprise there. Um, so yeah, interesting NBA action coming up over the next few days. Uh, obviously, not the most interesting of weeks in the wrestling world, but I'm sure we'll get a lot of talking points, especially after the next couple of days coming up as well. So you know, we'll see what happens with that. Is there anything you want to add in terms of wrestling or the NBA? Uh, yeah, you know, I I don't have much. The only thing I got to say is uh, I'm curious to see how the pay-per-views look in the Amway Center. I want to see what they do with SummerSlam, if they make it look different than how SmackDown looked last night, or if it's going to be just more of the same. Just a basic SummerSlam set and some LED lights and more WWE patting themselves on the back, reminding us the whole show about the Thunderdome. So I I hope we see something a little bit different, but we probably won't, but you know. Yeah, I just can see them just, you know, just basically having the same setup and just having SummerSlam graphics. I just can't really see them going out and doing anything more than, than that, really. No Thunder, though, because, uh, you know, Thunder doesn't really fit the summer scheme, does it? At least, uh, not, no. it's not common, is it? So we'll see what happens with that. But, um, yeah, um, obviously, in terms of NBA, we'll just let you guys know that out of the two, I think you can guess, Kevin here is more of the NBA expert. You know, when he started watching about five years ago, but nonetheless, it's always interesting to hear his views. And you can do that regularly every week uh, as he has his own podcast on all everythingentertainment.com. Kevin, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Yeah, the podcast uh, it's called The Offball Chronicles. Uh, myself and uh, so it depends on the on the week. We might have different co-hosts, 
myself and my co-host will talk about pretty much all the happenings, all the the news, and uh, we got so, some of those the major storylines, like what's going on with the 76ers, Brett Brown. Yep. Uh, is Brett Brown going to be fired at the end of the season? Are they going to trade Bill, Ben Simmons? Are they going to trade Embiid? Or talking about like with the with the uh, the Blazers and the Lakers with, yeah. da- with Damian Lillard's injury, just uh, all the major news and happenings in the NBA world. Yeah, you can, absolutely. Yeah, you can find that at All Everything Entertainment on iTunes and SoundCloud, at, at yeah, and as well as All Everything Entertainment dot com. Perfect. And lastly, where where can we be found for the bona fide listen? Where are we all over the podcast sites? And we are on. Um, bonafidelisten.podbean.com you can find us on just about every podcast platform except Spotify so Apple Google Play YouTube uh, just damn near everywhere man I believe Stitcher as well I think yeah we Stitcher yep, yeah Stitcher everywhere you can oh. literally find us everywhere except Spotify Pandora iHeartRadio all the major podcast platforms yeah, absolutely. So, you know, like I said, it's not uh, been the most eventful week in the world of wrestling or maybe even, um, you know, even the NBA as such. You know, most things are going the way we thought they would do. So we'll see what happens by the time we have episode two ready for you next week. In terms of your social media, where can we find you there, Kevin? Uh, uh, on Twitter and Instagram, at Heat. Perfect. And you can find myself at, uh, on Twitter at A underscore Sing 92. And you can also follow me on Instagram at async414. So that's been the show for this week, uh, Kevin. We will be back next week to discuss more wrestling, NBA, and probably whatever the hell we want to talk about, really. That's pr- pretty much the vibe of the show, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about anything and everything. We're not going to shy away from any topics. Uh, especially, I, I know I won't. I, I'll speak for myself. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be coming at you guys every week on Saturdays. Uh, we'll try to get it up at noon Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I believe that's 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock your time, correct? That's correct, yeah. So, yeah, so we'll see you guys every Saturday, and thank you all for listening so much. Yeah, 